Welcome back, everybody. This is the Topsoil Podcast. Uh, I'm your host today, Trent Stout with Stout Seed in Ainsworth, Iowa. Um, Look me up on Twitter at Seed Junkie and can also find me on Facebook at Stout Seed. That being said, Mitchell in the last episode posed the question around sustainability and conservation. Maybe my overall thoughts of of where we should be headed or what's the mindset we should have around these these topics moving forward and when it comes to these topics i think the first thing that we have to address is the difference between you know sustainability and economic sustainability and so that's when when i talk about sustainability i'm i'm typically talking about how can we be more conservation how can we be more conservation minded and also economically stable and so the first thought that comes to my mind is vertical integration of enterprises. So how can we vertically integrate enterprises on a, on a farm to become economically sustainable uh, and also have a positive outcome on the environment? And so with that, you know, the, the introduction of cover crops, the introduction of carbon management to the farm is something that's very important. It's also something I think through direct marketing can be very profitable and so as you layer multiple different enterprises to hedge profitability you can sell that story Uh, one of the big questions i always hear when it comes to direct marketing is um, surrounded around the story and how to tell the story well i think it's important that we recognize a trend with consumerism in America and that is the overall trend of where is my food coming from and I think as farmers we don't do a good enough job at answering that question so I think there's room for us to explore some labeling to be able to answer that question in a way that puts trust in that builds trust with the consumer um, but also helps tear down some of these labels and also some of these institutions that control the marketing in America. So a good example of this would be um, if you have livestock and you're going to market your livestock to the end user and you're doing that through documentation on Facebook, Twitter, social media constantly of how you're raising that animal before it winds up on a consumer's plate and that process of how you raise something we found to be effective Uh, that is why the organic label has gained so much traction in america Uh, we have to recognize that consumers overall have very little knowledge of where their food comes from how it's raised or what a lot of these labels even mean there was a great article that was posted on a facebook group that i'm a part of that talked about the unsustainability uh, from a carbon footprint standpoint of organic farming so in other words if america was to switch to 100 percent organic car- organic production it would not be sustainable in the long run i think there is some basis for this I think when we look at the reduction of yield, when we look at um, the carbon impact that we have on, on, on tillage, uh, the, the, the uh, anti-conservation practice 
of tilling ground continuously to protect yourself against weeds has a net negative impact overall uh, in a global supply market. So that being said, there's a place to be carved out for a regenerative agriculture standard. Uh, a standard that actually goes to fit both the conservation need that we need uh, when it comes to nitrate leaching, when it comes to a lot of the problems that we see from uh, conventional agriculture, uh, to also a quality need uh, from the consumer. And I think that those needs can meet somewhere in a space that can be carved out by individual practices within a farming enterprise. And so ultimately when someone asks me a question about sustainability, this is my these are my thought processes. One, make sure there's a great uh, I think Gabe Brown maybe shows this in his presentation or maybe he's actually uh, gets credit for the quote. I'm not sure about that, but uh, you know he says if, if you're if you're removing more carbon, then you're putting back into the system while farming, then you will not, your kids will not farm after you. And so that that's kind of my approach here in the sense that we need to switch to a farming carbon mindset. And what that means is, is that we need living active plants dying. We need active living plants and we need dying species at all times within a, a calendar year on your farm. This is the basis for regenerative agriculture. This is how nature works. When you look in nature, you constantly have living and dying uh, species all around you. And so this is what helps feed the soil. This is what helps create healthy soil systems, supports the biology within the soil. And because of this, there is a movement that would make the claim that you actually get more nutrient-dense food from this practice. If this is true, and if the consumer would decide that this is valuable, I think there would be premium that could be captured within this thought process. Um, overall, the farmer then becomes more in control of who, how they market and where they market this to, therefore leading to better profitability. Um, so overall thoughts, um, just in sustainability in general, what are some of the things that we look at? I think one thing to keep that maybe is overlooked that you should pay attention to no matter what your farming practice is nitrogen to bushel ratios or nitrogen to output ratios. So how many pounds of nitrogen does it take for me to produce set amount of crops? Since nitrate leaching is one of the major topics when it comes to sustainability and nitrate leaching seems to be the big hot topic around um, sustainable agriculture. I think it's important for us to look at that metric within our own operations to get a good grasp on that. Currently in our business, we look at hybrids. We evaluate hybrids based on that metric. So in other words, how many bushels of corn can we produce with this hybrid um, and what's its response to nitrogen? So if I have a uh, 160 pounds of nitrogen on, can this hybrid produce 200 bushels of corn? If it can, then it's at a 0.8 ratio. This 0.8 ratio is the basis for how we evaluate everything when it comes to nitrogen bushel ratios. So if it's above a 0.8, we, we classify that hybrid as a hybrid or a nitrogen hog, or in other words, a, it is not a very efficient user of nitrogen. 
Uh, we tend to shy away from these products as they are not good for the environment, but they're all, as you have to apply more synthetic fertilizers to get the same outputs. Um, but overall, they're less economical. So they, they don't return to you in dollars at the end of the year as much as they could. We, we tend to look at hybrids as being good hybrids if they can beat the 0.8 metric. So if I'm putting on 160 pounds of nitrogen and I'm getting 220 pounds of, uh, or 220 bushels from 160 pounds, I'm beating that 0.8 metric and therefore this is a sustainable a hybrid. Um, and I've seen those metrics go anywhere from 0.4 as the lowest um, all the way up to 1.1. And if you're getting 1.1, that is not economically nor environmentally sustainable. So that is where we start when we evaluate these things. And um, I think it's something that, just for good practice, is a metric that you can easily look at after this year's crop and make evaluations uh, on the hybrids that you're currently using. So those are kind of general thoughts and a little bit about a metric that we use um, when we talk about sustainability and conservation. Uh, the question that I would like to pose to Mitch, I'm curious on, is I actually just came from a meeting where we talked about 60-inch rows, 60-inch rows in corn production. There's a lot of benefits that can come from a economically sustainable 60-inch row corn uh, program. One of these could be, uh, you know, the fact that you could produce and harvest uh, another crop in that growing season in between those 60-inch rows. You could also have a other crop that produces nitrogen in those 60 inch rows to therefore give you organic nitrogen sources um, to feed your corn plant which again would play into conservation um, but there's also a just a economically sustainable cover crop application here where we can not have to fight that fall window and get a cover crop established earlier in the growing year so with that being said what are the nutrient impacts of a 60-inch row cropping system, in your opinions, good and bad? Uh, Mitch, I'd love to hear your, your, uh, your feedback on that, as well as if you have any experience with any of your growers that are currently trying to work within that system. Uh, look forward to talking to you. Hit me up if you got any questions. Um, if you would like me to elaborate more on that nitrogen metric that we use um, or any other metrics that, that uh, you know, we find valuable that I may maybe haven't shared here within this episode or any other episode. So uh, I appreciate you tuning in. Look forward to talking to you. Everybody have a Merry Christmas. And I hope that this next year is a, is a profitable one for you.